Warning, content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. Screaming Chewy Show, your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And the show starts now. Hey everyone, quick message from Tucson's Rising Phoenix Fitness and Defense. Help treat anxiety and depression with martial arts training and education. Develop the confidence, skills, and fitness you need to stay safe. Our focus is real-world self-defense tactics, practical and effective for everyone. You can find them at 4500 East Speedway Boulevard, number 4. Tucson AZ 85712 or you can call them at 520-838-1592. They are open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. So hit them up. Learn martial arts, very therapeutic, and you can learn to kick ass and kick depression's ass as well. So um hit them up. <laughs> everyone welcome back to another exciting episode of screaming tree show and i'd like to welcome special guest kulik how you doing kulik i'm good man how are you pretty good man can't complain you know just chilling <laughs> i'm doing the opposite of chilling it's about 85 degrees in here but it's all hey, good yo, in your room bro <laughs> 85 degrees yeah it's uh well i mean the ac kind of makes noise for the zoom so I kind of just, uh, you know, downstairs is all right, though. It's, you know how it's a it's a little by level. So downstairs is all right. But upstairs is a bit. Uh, it's like the attic. <laughs> I feel you, bro. Sometimes, I, you know, when I record, I got to turn off the AC. I'm like sweating for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a bit much, but it's all right. It's all right. That's my puppy. A cute little puppy. Your, your mini pit. <laughs> yeah, my mini pit bull little bit yeah she's cute her name's ellie if anybody's interested so how old is your dog she is eight months today actually oh she's just a puppy yeah yeah she actually just got spayed so she was out down and out for a couple of days but she's uh she's she's doing better i need to do that with my dog she's like nine years old and she's a hoe bro she's had <laughs> like three litters she's always running away and comes back all dirty like i don't know what she's doing <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's funny man <laughs> yeah, one time i caught her with with two dogs bro there was one that was stuck on her and the other one was watching so like i don't know if he was waiting for his turn or he likes to watch but 
my, my dog's too too young for that kind of stuff. Underage, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know if she's in dog years, but it's still too young. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> awesome, man. So why don't you tell me, my listeners, you know, our listeners about, about yourself, bro, and what you do. Sure. So my name is Jacob. My last name is Kulik, spelled K-U-L-I-C-K. My artist name is Kulik. I am a recording artist, songwriter, producer, engineer. Uh, I've been doing this for a while, but I like really professionally, probably since 2017, 2018. And I have a bunch of music out on Spotify and uh, Apple Music. So you guys should definitely check that out. I also produced a lot of different music for other artists that's also on spotify um under a playlist called written by kulik you guys want to check those out so i'm always working with other artists as well and i just played my first show back since covid on friday acoustic at the bitter end i played uh, a show where uh, a very talented artist april's gabrielli also played so that's pretty much my spiel i was born half deaf so if I mishear you, that's why. But I have my hearing aids in, so I'll be all right. And I think that's all. That's my zingers. I think I did it. Was that my elevator pitch? Are we on the 20th floor? <laughs> okay. That's close. That, that's me. That's me in a, in a nutshell. So what type of music um, do you make? Yeah, I missed that. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, I make like alternative rock pop music, I would say. It's um, if I were to put it in lanes of other artists kind of like the 1975 the band Camino um 21 Pilots uh my god I was gonna say Kings of Leon but it's not like that like Imagine Dragons like it's kind of that oh nice but uh, a little more emo I'd say I like that music especially when I'm stoned it just hits a spot bro (laughs) dude I used to love it stoned I'm sober now for like two months and like two weeks or something like that so it was actually my first show sober on friday so that was freaking interesting but it was really fun it was honestly it's been it's been all right it's been all right for anybody who's debating maybe stopping for a little bit it's not the worst idea (laughs) but also enjoy yourself you know everybody has their own balance i'm sure so were you more nervous this time yes absolutely i was definitely more nervous but i was also more present which was nice and i didn't realize that when i smoke or drink before yeah it guts my nerves out and i feel a little more loose and maybe i look a little more entertaining or loose but uh i didn't feel like it was all like a dream the next day which usually my anxiety my anxiety is like through the roof almost every morning in general but especially when i drink or smoke the the more the next morning after a show it it literally feels like it wasn't real life so Oh, I'm interested to see what it'll feel like when I have more than one show in a row, like touring again. So we'll see. Congrats, bro. It's, it's so hard to quit weed. Like I remember I used to think it's not addictive. It fucking is, bro. Like I used to pitch it to everybody. Like this is the cure all. It's amazing. Cause I used it for anxiety. I used it. I would say I used it medicinally, but it was self diagnosis of how much I should smoke or it's just like anything else. I feel like where you can overuse it, you know, where it's like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not just using it when I have anxiety attacks. Now, now I'm smoking it. Like, you know, I, I was never, I don't want to say I wasn't heavy smoker cause I was, but I would say like, for the most part, I would try to smoke like once a day 
and it would only be at nighttime and it would have to be like after a run or something. So it'd be like, okay, I did something good for myself. Now I can do this. But eventually I started and it was just like, all right, well now I'll just smoke a little bit in the morning and then a little bit in the afternoon. And then, you know, eventually you do that for three years of your life. You're like, you know, by the time you actually stop for a month, you're like, like, it's pretty fucking scary, man. You put those brakes on, you're like, holy shit. Like, how old am I? How many times is this earth spun? Like, like, holy, you know, it's a, it takes a bit. It takes a bit. I'm still getting through that. And um, it wasn't necessarily voluntary, very voluntary for me to stop. I wanted to stop for other situations that were happening in my life too. I wanted to be more sober and present for certain things. So, but overall, I, it was a blessing in disguise, I think. That's good, man. I need to try that. Like the longest I quit was like a week, bro. And I was dying. <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah, dude. I, well, that's what mine used to be. It used to be I'll quit for a week. And it wasn't even the quit. It was to get the high back. Right. <laughs> Nowhere after break. the week is like, oh, this is a, oh, I can smoke and feel better again, you know, and not feel such in a rut. I, I felt it after a month. I was like, all right, I, I get this now. It still doesn't like I don't feel amazing. Like I still don't even feel amazing, but it's easier to get through it like the the tension or the anxiety without smoking now because i know i did it for the last two and a half months so the longer you go the more it's like all right i can do this you know it doesn't mean it's enjoyable tell you that but yeah like i'm definitely more i would say i'm more jittery than ever before and i'm also way less introspective which um is kind of needed for me to be writing but now when I'm writing music, I'm not high. So it's like, it's still real, but I'm very, I'm, I'm a lot more emotional towards it. Like I, and I didn't realize how much I wasn't emotional because when you're high, you think, oh man, I really feel everything, but you don't, it's, it's still numbing. So when you're actually sober going through some real shit, you're like, oh my God, like, like, like why am I like almost crying during this part of a TV show. And it's like, oh, it's because I haven't felt emotions for three years, right? <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. For me, for me, that's my experience. I'm also very sensitive. So who the fuck knows? Maybe other people would be like, ah, I quit. It's fine. This guy's a little pansy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could definitely see what you mean because it doesn't, it does uh, like space you out, you know? So you're like kind of not there sometimes, you know? In that it distances you. It distances you for sure. But I, like I said, sometimes it's good. Like I still like, I don't know if I'm going to like completely quit. Like I might like go back to it from time to time, but I want to use it more spiritually, which is what I originally went into smoking for. Like I started smoking. I didn't smoke when I was younger. I started smoking when I was like 24 and I started meditating and I was like, I want to smoke weed and meditate. And then I, I was trying to do more of the spiritual route of it. And I did but then, you know, over time it starts, you know, it's just like any other thing. It's like after, oh, I used to only literally have to take like half a hit and I'd be like gone for three hours. And then, oh, now I have to smoke a whole bowl. Now I have to smoke three times now, you know, and that's when you start realize, hold on, am I an addict here or am I just making excuses? You know, like, am I making excuses to keep smoking or is this okay? And I hated having that mental battle like every, every day. I don't miss that. That's like a very big positive is you're not like. Oh, should I really smoke? You know, I'm an overthinker though. Some people are just like, fuck it. I'll smoke and watch some Simpsons. You know, I don't know. It's just not, that's not my cup of tea. Like I used to, I love smoking and running. 
it, it, I feel so it's like the opposite of what everyone says. <laughs> I love smoking and just feeling my, my actual physical body. Like it's really nice, but, and that's why I was contradicting for me. Cause it was like, Oh, this is healthy, but guess what? I can still run and not smoke. So you have and I can sing a lot better. I can sing so much better without smoking. <laughs> you have a good point. Cause like, like back in the day I used to work out and I used to smoke and work out and it like kind of motivates you more. But just the thing, the, the hardest part was getting started. Because, like, after you get stoned, you just want to chill and watch TV. And I would have to, like, be like, nope, you're going to work out. Remember? Right. You said you were going to do it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. A lot of times, too, I would, like I said, I would run and then smoke for, like, the recovery of it. You know? But if I'm going to run and then smoke, I never, like, ran. I never ran for, like, weight. It was more for to relieve anxiety. So, but a lot of times I would smoke and then run and then I would eat like a sleeve of cookies. Like, what the fuck's the point then? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like sick. I ran a mile, but I also like, you know, I spent more time eating these cookies than I did running. <laughs> I'm a cookie monster though, man. I freaking love cookies. I'm also trying to eat healthier too. So I'm basically becoming boring in 30. So <laughs> is that your kryptonite cookies? My kryptonite. Ah, oh, is my kryptonite cookie. Yeah, I think so. Actually. Yeah, like after the show on Friday, we stopped at a Wawa. It was like 1230 at night and I bought like a case of water and those grandma's cookies, you know, grandma's cookies. Oh, I love those. Those big ass cookies. They're all soft. Yeah, yeah man. I yeah, that, that was my that's my shit. I've always been a cookies guy. Yeah. Cookies are weed, man. <laughs> Dude, those are up there, man. Like the, the way they make them, they're so soft. It's I don't like, even they're not even a cookie, man. They're not even a cookie. <laughs> yeah, and they're like they just melt in your mouth. Yeah. You know, they sell uh Every time we go to the grocery store now, I see they sell cookie dough in a pack. Like you can just really like dough. edible, edible cookie dough. Oh, it's literally wow. in like, I don't know what section it's in. It's in like a, a refrigerated section, but it's just cookie dough that it's kind of by the yogurt. Like just skip over the yogurt and go to the cookie dough. You know, <laughs> go to the cookie dough. I've never had cookie dough like that. Am I? Yeah, I, I don't think you're really supposed to, but I'm sure they don't make it with the raw eggs because that's all they say. And it's bad, but. I don't know. My brother's a weightlifter and he uh, literally drinks raw eggs and he's fine. So, right. Uh, that, that's the he, natural protein shake right there. Rocky Balboa does it, man. Anybody else can do it. Right. <laughs> so, being sober, has that affected your like creative process or writing process or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I used to like kind of smoke weed at like seven or eight at night. And then I would write or record till like one or two in the morning, very recklessly or throughout the day. And now it's kind of more, how would I explain it? Um, methodical, I would say. And it's also a lot harder to tap into like real songs, like where you really feel, because when you're high, you, you can write your real songs because you, you don't, you're not afraid. You're transparent. You don't care what anybody really thinks about you for me anyway. Mm -hmm. But when you're sober, you don't even really necessarily know what you feel or what you're going through. So like I have two new songs that I, I finished that after I was done them, I'm listening to the lyrics and I'm like, Oh, like that's how I feel. Holy shit. And then like, I'd get emotional while listening to it. Like it's a whole new therapy process where it's, it's now like, that's my medicine. Now it's not so much, it's not so much the the substances with that. I used to think that the substances, it, uh, um, the substance is what made my music good, but I don't. I'm hoping not. We'll see on the next record. Moment <laughs> <laughs> of truth, right there. Huh? Yeah, right. If it comes out and it flops, I'm going right back to the bull. No, <laughs> no. 
<laughs> At least you can say you tried, right? It's the effort that counts. Now, honestly, honestly, I'll say two things. One, I started writing music not smoking weed. So I know that I can write songs and I've always done it as a therapy like that. But I feel more like a child writing it like that now because I, I'm experiencing it so sober. I, and I haven't done it in such a long time like that. And two, it's kind of a contradiction. But when I smoked, I always considered that like the inner child drug. Like when I smoke it, I always feel like I'm like 12. Like, I, like, I feel careless. Like, I, like, I literally felt like it's a, it's a nostalgia drug. So whenever I smoked, I was like, I feel so good. I feel warm. Like, I, I, I imagine exactly where I'm at in my bedroom at a certain time period. And the weather's nice and there's nothing wrong. Like, that's the feeling I would always get when I smoked. So that's why it's different when I'm writing now, because it's not, I, it's harder to tap into that without it if that makes sense. But I still think it's very possible. Same thing with meditation. You can still meditate without smoking. You can do everything without smoking. It's just a lot harder. And I didn't realize how it's a great tool, but like anything else, you can overuse it. I, you know? I agree hundred um, percent, especially how you were saying it. It's like your inner child, like, dude, that's a hundred percent. Like now that you bring it up, cause like I could smoke and I'll be doing anything. I could be washing dishes. Like it's something boring, right? And I'm still like in a good mood, like dee, 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 like singing to myself and shit, like all happy, you know? Yep. Yeah. See, that's the shit that I miss about it. That's what. So like that, like I'm basically having to rework my entire life and how I handle things. So like something like dishes where it'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. Like I, I it's fine. It, like everything feels cool. Like you can literally pay attention to the soap bubbles on your hand. Like This is fucking sick. I love the dishes. Sick. But when you're not when you're not using substances, so now you have to do those dishes still and try to find enjoyment. And then there's like, basically, if you smoke as much as I was smoking, or it sounds like probably you too, if you all of a sudden, every single thing you used to do when you smoke. So now nothing seems your, your level of endorphins is so low because you're so used to getting them chemically. So every mundane activity, especially mundane activities, feel even more mundane and you start to get random anger outbursts for no reason and because you're just like why am i not enjoying anything and you have to get through that wall it, it's intense i did not expect it and like i said i wasn't like planned i was just it just kind of happened and i was like all right well i'm i'm now i'm just like i mean i look at my phone i'm like oh i'm two days and whatever i mean two weeks and whatever i'm like well i mean two months sorry i'm like two months sober i'm like well i'm not gonna screw it up now like let's at least get mm -hmm. to three and when i get to three i'm gonna be like well let's at least get to five you know we'll see we'll see but uh yeah dude definitely a freaking nostalgia drug i always felt like it's the first time i smoked it i was like this feels like i'm smoking childhood like it's really weird For real, that's a good way to put it <laughs> yeah it's really really weird and i loved it and that's what made me love the, I, I felt like every time i smoked i was that same like 13 year old boy who first learned guitar you know, so I'm trying to still tap into that sober and try to forget about all the real life problems. But I did realize I've been like basically ignoring real life things, thoughts, feelings, identity issues, all these things for three years because I've just been high. And it's like that's that. And I've honestly I wasn't planning on talking about it. I haven't even told anybody this. So like you're like the first like this is completely organic and true. So. 
Nice, man. And like I said, man, congrats, bro. I mean, people don't understand how hard it is just to quit weed, bro. Like, it, it sounds dumb, but people don't understand, man. No, and I know, you know, it's freaking funny because I was on, I've been on both sides of it. Like, where, like, when you go into the Reddit or whatever, it's like, dude, man, weed's not addictive. I can quit whenever I want. It's just a great tool for whatever. And I was on that side before, too. And I, I still, I still get that side. But you have to meet in the middle somewhere. Like, Hey man, do you really think you can like quit that easily? Because I'm telling you, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's chemical. It's not, it's not up to your perception of if it's addictive, like it's a, it's a chemical thing. It's just like if someone was on an antidepressant and then stopped, like you're not getting the chemicals you're used to getting, mm-hmm. you know? So like, uh, I tell myself, cause you know, I'll, I'll, I'll work. And then after work, when I get home, I like to chill and just smoke and, Mm-hmm. Play video games or edit or you know watch movies or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know I tell myself, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell myself I'm like you know I'm not addicted you know I could quit and I'm like I'm not that bad I don't I don't smoke at work I don't smoke before work I'm okay, and then I try and quit and I'm like a week that's it like I I'm like fuck man that shit's powerful yo. The bar is open. Sit back, grab a cold one, and get ready for the news you didn't even know you needed. From the frozen wasteland of western North Dakota to the tropical playground of Florida, it's time for tales of wonder and amazement. Put the kids to bed and pour yourself a drink. Lock the doors and close the blinds. Break out the cocaine and hookers. It's time for Happy Hour News. What is the most dangerous book you have ever read? How about Mein Kampf by the notorious leader of the Nazis, Adolf Hitler? Or the book the Beatles warned us about in their classic song, Revolution? Quotations from Chinese Communist leader, Chairman Mao. Maybe you would hide your copy of Bertrand Russell's Why I'm Not a Christian. Or even semi-fictional works like Salman Rushdie's book, The Satanic Verses. That book had him living in hiding from angry Muhammad followers. But what about a book that is most likely not only dangerous to own and read, but could very well be illegal in many countries? Roderick Edwards' book, How to Overthrow Our Government, takes the reader on a historical and hypothetical journey of revolution, civil war, and sedition. From ancient Chinese farmers turning their farm tools into weapons, to the attempted impeachment of the U.S. President Trump, this book has it all. Get it today before it's banned forever. Yeah, I think you really need a reason to because like I, I don't know, there's a couple moments where I was like, oh, I probably should. And then I just didn't really have a reason. But this time I had a real reason. And I was like, all right, I'm just gonna I, 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 I don't want to be in an altered state of mind, you know, with whatever's going on in my life. You know what I mean? I just didn't I didn't want that. So and so for me, it was the better choice. Um, definitely, like I said, I don't know if it's permanent forever or what but i feel like i'm getting my my uh getting anchored again if that makes sense you know like uh, getting, getting grip on everything again you know because it, it 
for a while, I did not feel like I was. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm relearning like myself, you know, literally sober, which is not the same person as me. Hi. Cause yeah. Like how you said, like, I'm not that bad. That's how I felt. I was like, oh, like I'm only doing it after I run, I'm only doing it. And then I'd randomly have exceptions. If it was a weekend, I'd be like, all right, screw it. I'll just smoke and not do anything. I deserve the rest. I'll do this, mm -hmm. you know, but I do the same things now, except without weed. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just relax today instead of working because I deserve this, but it won't be with weed. It'll be just relaxing. And that's tough to wrap your head around, especially when you're so used to smoking for so many years. You gotta change your habits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like I said, I, it sounds so I, I, it's so funny who I am is the person I used to be like, I can't believe that guy's like that now <laughs> where I'm like, yeah, I just like to stretch in the morning. Thing. and i really like to you know meditate for a half hour and i listen to the whatever the bowls that they play on youtube and oh, you know i like to run and my fitness and i eat vegetables and fruit now like i'm the guy i'm a, I'm a recovering addict what happened <laughs> and i didn't even know that i was the addict it's like really crazy and like i said i don't think my thing was as bad as if you can put it in a comparison or on a scale of like bad to not bad, I don't know where I'm at, but my perspective is I definitely needed to slow down and I didn't even know I needed to. And I was so functioning with it that everyone was like, ah, it's just Jake. He's cool. He's just a musician, Jake. And it's like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know. And I'm also on the side too, with the whole legalization thing, like everyone just smokes now they're all in their cars. There's, I see yeah. people smoking in New York, literally out of their driver's side car, you know, out of the window. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what that drug does to people. I don't know if you should be driving while smoking a joint or yeah. no, it's like, it has like the baby on board sticker on their cars. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Baby's all high in the backseat. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just funny that, life takes you a different path sometimes uncontrollably and you have to be able to maneuver that whether you're high or not high. And that's good, man. You're powering through it and still writing music, you know? And um, so, so you also write the riffs and the beats and all that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a producer. So I went to school for engineering. I mix and master people's songs if they sent me stuff too. But like for my music, I, I basically work with me. There's a kid named Kevin Eiserman who's super talented and he also makes some of the, the riffs or samples, beats, all that stuff. Um, I'm, I come up with most of the lyrics. I co-write with Kevin also April Rose Gabrielli, who's my partner, super talented musician. Um, and then basically that's lyrics and then mix and master. Sometimes we get other people to mix and master depending on what the label wants to do, but yeah, it's all in house and it's all done literally right here. That's some talent right there. I've, I've tried doing that. You know, those little apps where you can make your own beats and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I could do that. This is easy. Hell no. It's so hard, man. <laughs> well, dude, I went to school for it in college and I went to college in 2012 and I haven't stopped for one day and it's 2021 now. Damn. So, I'm, you know, like it, you become what you do, <laughs> you know? So I'm basically just a fader now. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just, I, I, it comes to me so second nature now. It's, it's, I love it. I love that I'm able to do it so uh, effortlessly, I'd say. And 
you know, creating a good song is still just as difficult as, as it always has been. But I, I love producing and making the actual music and I love making melodies and I love writing with other people, too. So do you ever like worked on a song for like so long and then after you're done with it, you're like, I don't like it. <laughs> Every single one of them. <laughs> it's not that it's not that you don't. It's not that you don't like it. It's that you second guess it. I've worked on songs like Young in a Quiet Neighborhood is my album that's out, um, my recent album. I had it finished December of 2019, and it came out late 2020. So by the time it came out, I already knew the songs. It was about like, it was a divorce record, basically, where I was going through a divorce. I didn't even want to think about it anymore at that point. And now the album just came out. So I'm like, I don't even want to hear these songs anymore. Now I have to still play them. You know, like I didn't even perform them yet with COVID. But some of the songs, uh, once they're once you listen to them about 200 times, because you, you listen to them a lot after you mix and stuff, you, you just question, is this even good? Is this what I want to sound like? Will people like this? Is this too introspective? No one will even like it. All those questions come up. But I've never really hated a song that's come out. I've hated songs that I never released, but the ones that are out, I, I pretty, I pretty much love all of them, which is, which is good. And the ones you never released, are you ever going to release them like as a bonus track or anything like that? I do for some of the ones that I don't hate, but the ones that I do hate, like <laughs> I have a song that's like a joke that's called rough, tough coconut. And it's really, really bad. And I was like <laughs> so high when I wrote it, I literally thought I was Jamaican. It was really bad. Oh my God. Yeah, and I wrote a song called Rough Tough Coconut, and it was really bad, like so bad that I literally can't let anybody listen to it. <laughs> that just makes me more curious, bro. Now I, I know. Hear. Well, hey, listen, I'm never releasing it. So. <laughs> Yo, sorry, man. It's not happening. <laughs> Maybe like, you know, for close family on the day that I die and it's like my funeral. I'll just play people laugh because it's that bad. I mean, it's really bad. I, I don't even I don't even I don't let anybody close to me listen to it even. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll have to kill you if you hear it. <laughs> yeah, definitely no access to that whatsoever. It doesn't matter. I can like if you want, you know, pay me whatever. It doesn't know. No dollar sign. <laughs> and on my hard drive, I, I think about deleting it every day. <laughs> every day you wake up, you're like, today's a day. Today's a day. Rough up coconut goes down. But no, it's, uh, it's still there somewhere, but it's really bad. It's not it's not not a good song but most of them thankfully i feel like i'm semi-talented and can write some decent shit so that's good <laughs> that's good man you know you have a lot of passion for it and fuck man like you said you haven't stopped one day like wow dude that's that's dedication bro yeah i mean it, it's a little bit of an illness but uh <laughs> it's uh it's definitely a little workaholic uh you know in that area but i just can't stop I, I, I love doing it. I love, I, I love doing it for other people. And I want to, I, I really, really like being creative and I, it's hard. I'm very much so a person who's in the lines and uh, in normal life. Like I don't let myself express too much. I'm not too, I'm, I'm just very rigid, kind of cold, it seems, from the outside. So music is like the one place that for some reason I have no limits. I'm never like, oh, I can't say that or, oh, I shouldn't express that. It's like it's the one place from like I feel like I fucking burst, you know, it's like so I can't ever stop doing that. 
that's good, man. That's amazing. You found something like that. And yeah, I hope everybody does. I, I think that I think that it's in there for everybody, man, whether it's you find it when you're 55 and all of a sudden you love cooking. Like I don't there there's there's passion in you there. there I really do think there is. And everybody it makes life a little bit less miserable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like your calling and like what you need to do before you die. You know, it's just something that like you really enjoy. And I think the only difference between a passion and a hobby is a passion is like, I think you think about it a lot more like throughout your every day. You're like, Oh, I, I want to do this one. I get home or like, Oh, I, I'm still working on this thing, you know, like a project kind of thing. And people move through them. Like I have a bunch of different passions. I love rollerblading. I've always loved rollerblading. I built a half pipe in my backyard when I was younger. Like I love Please. inline skating. And I guess what? I stopped doing that for like seven or eight years. And then when I moved here, I found out there was a skate park and I was like, Oh, I'm going to start rollerblading again. You know, like there's some things you can, you can try and not like, or things you might only like for a certain period of time. You know, uh, I just, I think people, I'd love to see more people trying to do things by themselves or with other people that is fun and passionate and less like I need to zone out when we watch television, you know, and I do that too. I think it's very important to have laughter and watch some comedy or whatever you like doing, but just like a half hour a day, you know, like I know everyone's busy. I'm busy as shit too, but like a half hour a day to just really dedicate time to do something that you might like, and it's going to feel like work at first, but eventually you'll find one that's like, Oh, that's something I love to do. You know, like I love drawing always have since I was a little kid. And, um, so I'll do stupid shit. Like sometimes I, I could draw like realism or like cartoons or whatever. And I did this comic book. There was, have you seen that movie? The Punisher? Yeah. Yeah. So I did that theme, but with Mario. So <laughs> cool. He's, he's like sneaking in the castle and killing the turtles, like slicing their throat and shit. And I did like yeah. five pages of it. And I'm like, damn, this is pretty fucking violent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that sounds fun, dude. And even the way you talk about it, it's like, oh yeah, like obviously this person like gives a shit about this, and that's all that matters. Even if it's like garbage and no one else likes it, it's like who gives a shit? You enjoy doing it, mm-hmm. you know? Like that's I'm all gonna- that matters. Man. Uh, I would literally be at work and I'm like, okay, I can't wait to get home and finish drawing that. Like, <laughs> Yes, exactly. Exactly, man. Exactly. I hope people can, can find things like that. Cause that's, like I said, it's a great, uh, it's a great thing to have in your life. So, uh, uh, so you just released, uh, so your album just came out this year, right? Or I honestly don't know what, what year is it? 2021. <laughs> um, I think my album came out in late 2020 and then I released an acoustic album after that, which are five songs from that album. It's just like reimagined. So I have, I have yelling in a quiet neighborhood. That's out. That's the real album. And then sitting in a quiet coffee house is the acoustic album that. Oh, that's a cool name for it too. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a, it was a very creative time. I made it, the sitting in a quiet coffee house I made basically over COVID. I just did it all acoustic in, in here. Um, yeah. So new music wise, it's coming, man. I, I, I'm having some shows coming up in September. I'm playing September 1st uh, in Scranton, Pennsylvania, September 3rd in New York at Arlene's grocery. And then September 5th, I'm playing in Philly. Um, I don't remember the venue name, but it's at a brewery, but I'll definitely send it to you. But um, 
I'm hoping to have a new album out by like November, December. And one of the singles that I just finished is being mixed. So maybe we'll have something earlier than that. I'm excited, man. It's going a little more rock. We're going a little more rock for this record. So I'm excited to, uh, to show a new, a new Avenue. I, I mean, I listened to this genre of music my whole life. So the fact that alternative rock is like coming back in, I'm like, I, I need to do that now. So let's do that. Dude, for real, man. Like, man, like hope they bring back Janko jeans and all that stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, dude. All of a sudden everything's back. All of a sudden Travis Barker's like on every single song. I don't know what the hell's going on, but <laughs> yeah. That's so, bro. So, no co- be- coconut song anytime soon. Oh, rough tough coconut. I mean, nah, definitely not on that record, man. Definitely not. Well, yeah. you know, I, I love that you don't release an album that's like called like the songs that never should have been released or something, <laughs> and it'll just be that one 10 times because that's the only one that I definitely <laughs> just yeah. on repeat. Just, yeah, yeah. Fucking funny, man. I, I I can't. I'll never release. It. <laughs> no, it's funny that you did that, though. I mean, it, it's funny that you at least recorded it and it's saved there. You know, and it's one of those things that you're like, God, I hate it, but you can't delete it. Honestly, I keep it, and I've used it before. Where if I meet artists, like my partner, like if she she had, I forget when it was, but we were talking about like really bad demos we ever made, and I was like. I'm like, listen, you're super talented. I'm telling you, I've made really bad songs too. And she's like, I've never heard any bad songs from you. And I was like, oh yeah, listen to this one. And yeah, like she's someone who's literally like, you know, like she'll want to hear it all the time. Like you're not playing that. Like I won't give her the file. <laughs> yeah. But I try to, I do randomly, I'll play a section of it for people to be like, see, like you, you don't always make something really good. And that's okay. Like I, like I said, the world doesn't need to hear the songs that 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 didn't make the cut you still you should still try it even if it's a ridiculous idea such as thinking that the tag for a song should be rough tough coconut (laughs) oh i love that bro (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i i'm telling you that's what i believe so sweet and uh so where can people find your stuff yeah, so uh, my handles are at Kulik Official, K-U-L-I-C-K Official, and that's for every single social media. I'm on, you know, I'm on Instagram the most. I would say I try not to be on social media too much. I'm also quitting that bullshit. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you want to already unfollow me on TikTok, I don't post on there ever, and I know I'm supposed to, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not probably not going to. But I'm also on there. If you want to follow me on there, I'm trying to get more into it, but. Um, and like I said, Spotify for sure. YouTube is cool. Look official. I have a bunch of links in my Instagram bio of like merch and show tickets and all that stuff. And also I do a lot of custom painting. I make a uh, custom drum skin paintings, nice. which is at Jacob Adam Kulik art. Yeah. They're like drip art paintings. I don't have any around me right now, but they're super cool. Um, that's something I picked up during COVID to kind of make money while we weren't touring and I, I sold like a hundred of them. It was pretty cool. Like a lot of people like them. They're like really unique. Um, they're like drip art, but we also like, I made some that had actual designs in them, like not just drip art, but yeah. And my website is cool. too. Everything's on there too. Awesome, man. Coolick, 
Dude, that's badass that you're doing that. And I also love how you did an acoustic version of the songs. I mean, that just brings out a whole new dimension of it, you know, more chill. Yeah, it's definitely a different, definitely a different vibe. And um, I think it also makes the lyrics come out a little more like the, uh, some of the songs that weren't as sad seem a little more sad and the acoustic ones or seem a little more real. So it's definitely something cool to listen to. I would check out both. And uh, congrats on your journey on being sober, man. That takes a lot of balls, bro. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's uh, like I said, it's definitely a freaking journey. But I think if you want to do it, you absolutely can. And I guess, dude, I've been, you know, just the last comment from that. I've been basically uh, surrounded with some kind of substance since I was 13 years old and I'm 29 now. So that's how long it took me to like really be like, hey, like, let's let's try to just live sober for a little bit. So, you know, and you realize how much you missed out on developing as a person when all of a sudden you're 29 and you feel emotionally 13. So, yeah, just take some moments for yourself, people out there. That's all. Just take some moments to really feel human. It's tough, but it's uh, it's worth it, I think, for a little bit. You know, I'm not trying to be holier than now, like, hey, be sober and don't do anything, because I, I don't I don't necessarily think that's the right route either. You know, do just mm-hmm. do your thing, but be safe and check in with yourself. That's all. That's smart, man. That's very motivating. Like, almost, I'm thinking about quitting right now, bro. <laughs> I should be a life coach, man. If I if this flops, I'm being a life coach. I hey, said it. For real, for real, bro. You should <laughs> give out motivational speeches and stuff. I can see you doing that. Dude, I love doing it. I love picking people up, man. Makes me feel good, too. That's great, so. man. And you're also doing it with your music. And uh, just keep up the great work, bro. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, and thank you for coming on, man. For sure. Have a good one, bud. You too. Later, bro. Yeah. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to support this podcast, check out anchor.fm slash screamingchewygmail.com. Any contribution is greatly appreciated and that makes you my producer. If not, that's cool. I'm just happy you're tuning in. And hey, Screaming Chewy Show merch. Yeah, that's right. At teespring.com. Just Google teespring, T-E-E spring, Screaming Chewy Show. Just go with that. It'll take you right there. And uh, yeah, you could buy hoodies, t-shirts, socks, masks, you know, if there's any stuff you'd like to see on there or purchase, just let me know and I'll add it on. And uh, yeah, you'll be rocking, styling, social media. Don't forget to follow me on there on Facebook, Screaming Chewy Show. I like to share memes, just make up stupid shit, share my episodes on there and just whatever. Um, Check out my YouTube 
for video versions of my podcast episodes. Also, in between episodes, I like to add me streaming. Yeah, watch me get scared playing a creepy game or die playing PUBG or some shit. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, just check out my YouTube and uh, Twitter. It's at Screaming Chewy. Yeah, not Screaming Chewy Show. I should change it to that. But for now, it's just Screaming Chewy. And uh, thanks again for tuning in. See you next week. Peace.